Counselor Accents Podcast. Two school counselors who love their jobs. Oh, and they happen to have Southern accents too. Bless their hearts. I'm Laura Rankhorn. And I am Kim Crumbly. Take it, Laura. And together we are Counselor Accents. Thank you for letting me do that today. What an honor that was. No, I'm feeling very generous today. I can tell. Because well, we have SC, we're talking about SEL, and I want David to see my SEL skills. That's exactly what I was going to say, that I think you're just <laughs> trying to show off that you have some some sort of SEL skill, and you're trying to show him. Don't be fooled, David. <laughs> so we do, you mentioned David. We have David Adams with us today, and David, we are going to let you introduce yourself. We gave a little hint when we said SEL, but take it away. Introduce yourself. Well, thank you so much, Laura and Kim. I am David Adams. I am the Chief Executive Officer for the Urban Assembly, uh, co-founder for International SEL Day, happening on March 26, 2021, uh, where folks across the world are going to showcase, promote, advocate, or support SEL through their actions online and in person. So really excited to be here with you today. Uh, a little bit about me. My wife is a school counselor, has been for about 10 years. Um, I sit on the board of directors for Castle, the collaborative for academic and social and emotional learning. Uh, I have been CEO now for 21 days of the Urban Assembly. So prior to that, I was a senior director of strategy. Prior to that, I was the director of social and emotional learning for Urban Assembly. Um, so I'm overall really excited to be here today. It's a beautiful day outside, and uh, I'm excited to spend some of that time with you guys. Where are you, David? Like, where are you right now, and uh, where's your place in space? Currently, I am in my office in New Jersey. Uh, Union, New Jersey is where I reside. The Urban Assembly works in New York City, so I've started to make the trip back back out into New York. We've been remote for a little bit, um, but I found some reasons to get back into the city and see some of our schools, and particularly as they reopen in middle school for high school, see how our staff and principals are doing. There is a lot that just got me really excited here. Um, Tell us a little bit about Urban Assembly. What all does Urban Assembly do? Well, it's a great question, Laura. So uh, Urban Assembly, we're a nonprofit, um, and we are. our mission statement is to support the social and economic mobility of young people by improving public education. Uh, so we started to do that by building 23 schools within the New York City Department of Education, where we partner with the New York City Department of Education to support those schools. Um, and now we're working across the country. Uh, we do work for SEL. We do work in terms of career planning. Uh, we do work in terms of academics and developing algebra success for, uh, via discourse strategy. So we started with New York City and thinking about how do we improve the quality of, of teaching and learning. And now we've moved across the country to think about how we can partner with districts across the country. I need to take a moment and let all this sink in because my wheels are turning. I, I'm just really blown away by your mission. I'm blown away by what you guys are doing. Kim, I know that if I'm feeling this way, you are too. I am too. I have so many questions. Um, you know, when we think about SEL, this when did this what year how long ago did this become a big buzzword because now it is little literally permeating all of education but but it really when i started in school counseling which was about 13 years ago this was not um near as prevalent as it is now what when do you think was it through castle or what do you think prompted this explosion of 
this discussion? Well, so uh, social emotional learning is a derivative of, of the theory of emotional intelligence, right? Um, that was Peter Salovey, Jack Mayer. About 25 years ago, they published a paper that was popularized in the book EI by Dan Goldman. Um, Castle was a derivative of the relationship between emotional intelligence and social skills, right? So you put emotional skills and social skills together and get this concept of social and emotional, not skills, but learning, which is the process by which students and adults develop these skills, right? So it's about skills in which we relate to ourselves, intrapersonal skills, skills in which we relate to others, interpersonal skills, and then how we use these skills in order to solve problems, right? Responsible decision-making is the outcome of intern intrapersonal skills. So for about 25 years, uh, Castle, we just celebrated actually the 25-year anniversary about uh, two years ago um, in Chicago. And the Castle was this field-building organization that said, all right, we want to popularize this to make social and emotional learning an intricate part of the educational process. Um, and so what you're seeing now is that folks are really starting to understand, right? Aspen Institute came out three years ago with their Nation at Hope report that talked about how all learning is social and emotional. Then you have LPI, Learning Policy Institute, who has come out and said the science of learning is deeply rooted in the emotional and social processes. Some things that Vygotsky said 40, 50, 60 years ago are coming back to light as we understand that even if you're not teaching social emotional skills explicitly, Explicitly, you're always activating the social emotional dimensions of learning. And as the science of learning has improved and we're able to look at brain imaging, and we're able to look at the quality of interactions, uh, folks are more likely to understand the relationship between social emotional development and the academic outcomes that schools are looking for. That was like a history lesson and so much knowledge coming into my brain. I know. I have to be honest with you, David, it snuck up on me. I mean, I'm just, I turn around one day and it's everywhere. Just like that. And I'm like, it's like, yeah. And as a school counselor, I'm like, is this, is this my job? Is this my job? And then, I'm, you know, the more we look into it, we realize this is everyone's job. Yeah. How do we convince everyone it's their job? And, and what do you, what do you, when you go into public schools, who takes the lead on this generally? I guess school counselors are going to want to know. Who, do we take the lead? Do the teachers take the lead? Is it a collab? I know it's collaborative, but explain to that process of how to move this forward in your school and who should take the lead on this. Wow, Kim, that's a wonderful question. As I said, Thank you, Laura. Welcome. He said it, you had a great question a while ago. I was determined. I was You're determined. catching up, you know? I mean, I've, I've got the scoreboard, so don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know how it goes at the end. Game on! <laughs> so we're thinking about this idea, right? Because a lot of people have always, I mean, school counselors have always been invested in social and emotional dimensions of learning. If you think about how an IEP works and how counseling works, right? You're looking uh, how these social emotional dimensions are impacting students in the classroom, right? So the difference, I think, in the field of social emotional learning writ large um, is this is not about waiting for students to demonstrate needs. This is about ensuring that all students have the skills, attitudes, and approaches that allow them to solve problems. So this makes it a universal approach for thinking of the MTSS model, right, at tier three. Every student starts to learn about their emotions, starts to learn about social cues, starts to learn about self-awareness, self-management, decision-making, relationship skills. And what we've seen in the research, particularly the work that we've done in the Urban Assembly with our uh, 23 schools, is that if you take this universal approach and then you take a targeted approach where students who are demonstrating more needs 
are given a more intense support in this area, but still using the same concepts that you taught all students, then those students who even have more needs can get tertiary or one-to-one -one support, again, using the same concepts. Then a student goes back and starts talking to their uh, teacher about activating their thoughts, consequences, and behavior. And the teacher is like, I know exactly what you're talking about because we taught you that lesson, right? How our thoughts influence our behaviors. And they talk to other students about taking a deep breath or active listening. And those students are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it allows them to practice these skills and incorporate them in a deeper way. So when you say everybody is responsible, it's not just because we're trying to put more things on folks' uh, folks' plate. It's about creating an environment where schools are organized around these principles of social and emotional academic development. And we do that by integrating them across the school day throughout the school time. We will have to make a transcript of everything he is saying. I'm it is telling not, you, I just want to do a standing ovation right now. I, I can't, my brain does not process the like incredible things that he's saying as quickly as I need it to. I, I This is like a treasure that I didn't realize we were going to unlock today. Yeah. This is great. Well, thank you, Laura. Put me so, down. That's an extra point. I wasn't. I, I, don't don't you worry. I got it. I got my record keeping going on. <laughs> I, I will have to re-listen and re-listen because yeah. there's so many there's so many things that you're saying that I would want in in tucked away to share with teachers and other educators in my school as we move uh, more into this realm because maybe I'm behind and and it's not. I everybody. have no doubt that you are behind. I'm but I would like. I would like to piggyback off of that question. And we are, you know, a lot of schools are now coming back from the pandemic being closed. And I want to know, I feel like all of a sudden SEL has exploded everywhere because we're seeing such a big need. So it's almost like everybody's behind because we were not prepared for. That was, that's a nice thing you did there for Kim, Laura. I see what you did that. She helped you out, Kim. Yes. I'm sorry not to interrupt. <laughs> oh, look ahead. Go ahead. So I am just wondering um, what you're seeing as far as schools now kind of scrambling to get some SEL together. What are you seeing yeah. out there? I mean, so it's interesting because what the pandemic did, I think, was really illustrate this idea of the social and emotional dimensions of learning. Uh, you had students who, in the context of their classroom, were able to engage uh, with teachers, engage with their peers, um, ask questions of the material and their peers and their teachers. Um, and that really changed a lot in remote learning, the, the intentionality of planning to help students access those social and emotional dimensions of learning um, were a lot more difficult, right? And so you had students really struggle uh, to self-manage, to set goals, to, to, to pay attention. You had students struggle uh, with frustrating tasks when they didn't feel like they had support that they could access in a remote space. And so all of a sudden people looked around and said, man, social and emotional skills matter for students to be successful. Now, this is not all only in the academic space, this is so much definitely in the mental health space and the social interaction space. Uh, we have students who are really struggling to feel like they're part of a, a group, feel like they're part of a community, they've been isolated um, and really restricted their social support systems to just their parents when it used to be parents, schools, church, civic organizations, et cetera. So now what schools are doing is, is saying, if, if we're gonna make sure that our students are coming back into the school, um, 
ready to learn and not throwing away all the incredible things that we've learned in the pandemic. Like, for example, students can go to the bathroom when they need to and come back, right? We've seen students do that for themselves. <laughs> students can set and achieve goals if they're taught and create some clear um, ideas around how to set up your assignments on a Google Classroom or a Nearpod in a way that allows me to do that. So what we need to do is translate some of the great learnings that we've had right? Students can be independent. Students can pursue learning by asking Google how to spell a word, right? We, we've seen that. Um, but also reinvest in the social and emotional dimensions, making sure students are interacting with themselves and the materials so that they can develop thoughts about what they're working on in community, in relationship with their peers, right? So I think as we're looking at students coming back in, you're going to be schools, see schools really invest in social emotional supports, and what we need to do is make sure that those social-emotional supports become social-emotional skills, right? A social-emotional support is a teacher making sure you're good, uh, having a really supportive learning environment that supports social-emotional development. But social-emotional skills, they belong to the child themselves, right? That's a child who's noticing that they get frustrated when they're doing a piece of a, a, a work or trying to read, right? And knowing how to take a second to calm down or ask two or three before they uh, access the teacher's attention. Those are skills that belong to the child. And because we haven't done such a good job before the pandemic, we really struggled when students went into remote learning to see them activate those skills and be successful. David, what is your background in? I, we should have asked this at the front and now I'm in the middle, but I, as I'm hearing you, I, ju it just, I just wonder what, what was, how did you get into this? Well, uh, so at my undergrad was in psychology. My graduate degree was in educational psychology. I spent some time studying school psychology, um, and I spent um, five years uh, in District 75 in New York City, which is our special education district. So working with students classified as emotionally disturbed, uh, students with autism, and really thinking about how to support um, the whole child, right? Thinking about particularly in the context of autism, we're moving from just kind of social skill development to social problem solving. And then in the context of uh, students classified as emotional disturbed, we're looking at moving from strictly behavioral supports, like can the student operate within the environment that we've constructed, to social emotional development, which is can our students operate in the least restrictive environment because we have taught them problem solving skills that allow them to move from the, the classroom to, to real life. So that's a little bit about myself. I spent time at the Rutgers Character Education Development Lab, um, Yale University's Health and Emotion Behavior Lab, and of course, been a civil affairs officer for the last three years in the uh, Army Reserve for the last 18 years. He's actually 80 years old. If you can see this, a lot, a lot of people are watching. He looks 25, but I promise you, he's done all these things. He just, <laughs> that's a lot. And I am so impressed. And I just want to speak to Urban Assembly for a second. You said you've been the CEO for 21 days. That's correct. Uh, good job, Urban Assembly. I yeah, don't think I'll they could have. I don't think that they could have selected someone more passionate or knowledgeable about this. Like, I, you may have just become the smartest person I know. <laughs> I appreciate oh, well, it. Here's my crown. <laughs> well, around my house, that's my wife. So I'm going to have to have a conversation before. <laughs> I, will, I will give you that um, second smart. I don't know her, but I am. I don't doubt that. So maybe second smartest person. That's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead co-founder of this upcoming event. Yes. Is that, is that Hashtag SEL that? Day. Uh, and I saw you light up. 
So um, talk to us about uh, how this came about as co-founder and what we can do, how we can participate, how we can help. Well, it's a great question. Thanks, Kim. So uh, hashtag SEL Day uh, is a day that we developed with SEL for US, uh, which is a grassroots organization that's looking to increase the support for social and emotional learning across the country and now even the world, right? And it has an opportunity for folks across the country and the world to showcase SEL by doing things like writing an article, writing a letter, writing a blog post, showing your kids. Last year, my two sons did a little video for SEL Day. They'll do it again this year. Um, we had 500 organizations activated last year, even in the midst of COVID. Uh, we had 2 million people see the hashtag SEL Day, and our goal this year is 10 million. And we're already at 2 million 400,000, and it hasn't even been SEL week. Yay! So on our way. Uh, we could promote SEL. You can talk about SEL in context of news media. You can contact your policymakers. We have the state of New Jersey make SEL Day a official recognition for the state. We had the state of Pennsylvania recognize it. We had the House of Representatives recognize it. The state of Connecticut recognize it and all their DOEs as well. So you're going to see lots of stuff happening in those states for SEL Day. Um, but as counselors and as school counselors, folks can work with their students to engage them, to talk about what SEL skills have helped them be successful. You can organize an SEL Day activity in your school. Uh, there's a million things that you can do. And if you go to selday.org, you can sign up and make your pledge to move SEL from something we do on sometimes to something we do on all the time. So I'm really excited to, to, to have this conversation. This year's theme is building bonds and reimagining community, right? So imagine what we can do when we bring our kids back to school, reopen our economy, reopen our schools, reopen our, our country uh, with the focus on building bonds and reimagining community. So very excited to have SEL Day happen this year. We're well on our way to our 10 million, uh, 10 million folks who are looking at that day and participating in it. And with your help, we can move a little bit further, a little bit faster. Yeah, after we put it on our social media, we'll have like two more, right? <laughs> That's two more. <laughs> two more at a time. That's what we do, Laura. And this is huge. And I know that right now it's crunch time for you. So for you to do this with us is such it's, it's humbling and we appreciate it so much. And you have inspired us uh, big time and just your passion. It just... Mm -hmm. It exudes off of you, your passion for this. And um, I think we've got a big job ahead of us, Laura. And I think this is great that we have Castle and we have um, David and, and all these folks who help us. But we've got a job to, to, uh, to get educators, all educators, on board with this because it's still, I feel like, confusing as to uh, how to how do we put this in our everyday and not be the responsibility just of the school counselor, but that teacher and that school system. Can you, any words of wisdom in that area? Did I make any sense at all? Or you can tell if, me. If I may take, please take you the question. Okay. I didn't get a great question from David. I need you to make it a great question. Well, I was kind of thinking along the same lines that you were. And I'm wondering what you could say to that school counselor that feels very passionate about SEL. We see the importance of it, but maybe this school counselor is in a place with like, um, you know, old school mentality where academics come first and that's just feelings and we're, we're not going to deal with that. 
what would you say to that school counselor that wants to get the ball rolling? Well, given that my wife is a school counselor, I feel like I have this conversation on a consistent basis, right? Um, and one of the things that we got to think about is the first thing we need to understand is all schools already impact the social and emotional outcomes and development of their of their kids. The, the, the question is, are they intentional about the ways they want to impact it, right? What are the outcomes that we want our students to demonstrate um, because of their interactions with the schools? And when you start to think about that, what you realize that social emotional learning is about channeling and intentionalizing these interactions. This is going to be an easy example. We've all seen a turn and talk in a classroom where the teacher says, hey, uh, turn and talk to your partner around, you know, whatever it is that they talk about. And if you start to think about what that means, right, what, what skills, SEL skills are activated when students do a really good turn and talk. So they're using their communication skills, right, they're using verbal etiquette, they're using their active listening skills, especially if they're rephrasing and paraphrasing. And then you realize that that little instructional format of a turn and talk is already activating SEL skills. But is it equally, are kids equally developed to participate in that? Some of our students have not had that intention development in terms of active listening, communication, right? And so they may not be as successful in that instructional format as another student would be if we all taught young people and adults what it means to listen and communicate in a one-to-one -one person format. So what I would say, Laura, to the teachers who say, I just need to focus on academics is so do we. We all care about the academic development, but we know, and we know, I should say, that by activating and intentionally developing those social emotional skills, students will be better able to participate in these instructional formats and give teachers a little bit more of themselves in order to be successful. What year are you planning on running for president? Because I'd go ahead, I'd like to go ahead and lock in my vote now. Well, it looks like we have a new president in already who's put a lot of money into education. So I feel good how things are going right now, but I appreciate You'll be on my campaign when it gets time to uh, come to the <laughs> So, uh, David, I feel like what I'm going to do is just uh, have my teachers come in and play this. Absolutely. I don't know if I can speak as eloquently as you just did as to why. I love that equal piece. Mm -hmm. Not all students have the – they're not on the same um, – standing when it comes to this and we want to level that playing field for these students absolutely and, and i think laura my bond is going to our counselors who are dealing with the little bitties mm -hmm. the early childhood uh what if this just you know we just could we go in early with these skills and we just keep building on those skills did i just say it? i saw you throw your hands up david that's our no, i love it that that's the idea that's that's what it would look like, right? So imagine yeah. we talk about college, career, and community ready, right? In high school, right, we were thinking about not just the, the employability skills that employers are looking for that map on directly to SEL skills, but what about the civic skills, right? The community ready skills that will allow our high schoolers to contribute to their communities. Right? When you're looking at our elementary school babies, we're thinking about how do stations work, right? When we ask students to move to stations and interact and develop their social skills as well as their language skills, those are social and emotional outcomes. In middle school, we're introducing this notion of collaborative problem solving. And you got that one kid who's really struggling to work in a group and another kid who's doing really well on working in a group or a young woman or young man who may not want to speak up in that group and exchange their ideas, right? These are all social emotional processes. So the, the idea that you put forth, Kim, right, where we have this, this uh, trajectory from preschool all the way up to 12th grade, 
in which social emotional concepts are embedded into the fabric of what it means to be educated. That is my dream. So good. I know I'm so full right now. I'm just, just that is so good and so inspiring. And, and for the, I, I just, I see the importance listening to you, David, of having that SEL coordinator in these school systems, which mm-hmm. we are seeing more, uh, more and more of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, not, a, not everyone is fortunate enough to have that SEL person, but what would their job be if you had an SEL coordinator? Yeah. What is their job in that school system? Are, are there schools who have, do you see schools who have an SEL person at that school that's not the school counselor? Yes. Uh, so talk, talk about that. Our urban assembly schools, thanks, Kim. Um, we we have social emotional learning instructional leads, which are pedagogues or teachers, um, and their job is to integrate social emotional concepts and principles into content. Uh, we have on the team a counselor, a school social worker, or a school psychologist whose job is to lend expertise around the social emotional development to the team. We have a dean or a, uh, whoever's in charge of discipline, whose job is to ensure that the behavioral supports in the school reflect social and emotional principles. Um, and lastly, we have an administrator whose job is to make sure that everybody else has the time and the space and the resources to make it happen. So as an SEO coordinator, that, that notion of coordinating is really important, right? What does SEO look like in instructional formats? What does SEO look like in behavior supports or extracurricular activities? So when we do basketball, we think about how does personal responsibility, which is social emotional concept, delivered through making sure that everybody comes to practice on time? How do we make sure that language is is clear for students and staff so that staff can activate it, right? They can say, hey, Kim, I love the way that you were here. That show me personal responsibility. I'm sure all your teammates reflect that and appreciate that. So that the whole school, again, is organized around these principles of social, emotional, and academic development. So that's what an SEL coordinator would do. They would coordinate they would ensure that these principles are intertwined and elevated so everybody could see it. SEL is like the opposite of Fight Club, right? We, uh, in Fight Club, we don't talk about it, uh, the first rule, but in SEL, the first rule is you got to talk about it in order to do it, right? Uh, the hardest thing about SEL is to see it, to hold it, to, to touch it. Um, and once you start to bring the language out, and that's that work of that SEL co- coordinator, then everybody's like, yeah, I could I could do that, right? I could teach uh, decision-making in in in, in sports or in choir in terms of um, working together and solving problems. So these are the, these are the things that an SEO coordinator would do she would, or he would coordinate. You make it so tangible. You're mm-hmm. right saying it is, for so many people, it is, it is out there and I can't feel it, I can't touch it. But to make it more tangible gives it meaning. And, and you have mm-hmm. done that throughout this interview. Mm-hmm. The examples you have given, I'm like, yeah, that's, I get that. I can do that tomorrow. I'm doing it right now. How are you? <laughs> Glad you were here on time, Laura. That's a first. <laughs> and you That's actually true. were late. I'm just encouraging you. <laughs> Trying to encourage you. Um, so what are some of the best things that you have seen uh, anyone do for SEL Week? Some things that you know are planned. What are some great things that some of your favorites, I guess. Well, look, you know, the, the heart of SCL is service in terms of teaching, right? Um, yeah. We talk about the theme here is building bonds and reimagining community, right? 
So I've seen schools really invest in community building in their in their classrooms. So I've seen students do projects for their community in in the town or the district or the county. I've seen uh, students do projects for the actual school itself and think about how they build in community in that space. Uh, we talk about bonds, like what does it mean to build bonds? We need to exchange uh, ourselves. We need to be in a relationship. We need to uh, be in the same space in the same time. So I've seen some really cool projects where students were building bonds with um, folks who were of a different generation, right? Uh, they, they're going out to their nursing homes, not so much right now with COVID, but they've been calling in um, and, and really just trying to build bonds, right? Um, when we think about Americans, uh, the basic part of being American is being able to build bonds with our fellow people. So I've seen some really cool projects where folks have really invested um, and reimagining community beyond some of the challenges that we've had to a new notion of who it is to be an American. I love it. My brain was going to project learning and things that we can do with our older students that we probably, as school counselors, I think after hearing you, David, I feel a little bit better about myself. And I think school counselors listening to this, are they just may not be making those connections that what we are doing is tying in or can. Are, are, we, are we squeezing everything we can get out of this activity to get all the SEL we can out of it? I love that idea, right? You just like yeah. got to get every pulp out, right? And make sure. I'll get it out there because I think we do things. My mind went to this weekend. Our community opened up because we've had tornadoes that came through and they were asking for everybody to come out and clean and move. And I'm like, you know, for students, what a great opportunity to use that language and to encourage uh, involvement in those kinds of things. That's um, right. So remember, self-awareness, students demonstrate a desire to contribute to the larger community, right? Students demonstrate awareness of the value of others in a greater community. Those are social emotional concepts. And you just give an example of how we activate those social emotional concepts to value that value, develop that value by making sure students know when they're going off and doing those things that we live in community with each other and we need to invest in that community in order to keep it strong. Um, that is so good. And, and I don't, Laura, do you want the talking stick? Cause you know how I get my brain go. Oh, I know. I know. So, I'm just, I'm soaking it all in. I'm thinking okay. about how this is turning SEL more from something that we do to check something off our list as school counselors. Okay. Yes. We've gone through the castle, uh, wheel, the components. This is more than that. This is permeating the culture so that it becomes just like, as natural as breathing because you're talking it, you're walking it. Mm -hmm. Everything that the school is doing is SEL. So. Absolutely. I mean, it's as simple as when we're talking about having students in choir or band, right? Uh, we always talk about listening. I was a musician, right? Always listening to your, your and harmonizing what you're doing with the people next to you, right? Uh, we think about what it means to be in community. How do we listen? That's, that's an SEL skill. Right. You can teach it through choir. You can teach it through band. You can teach it through basketball. Um, you can teach it through project based learning. But it requires that we know what the skill is, the concept is, and then can understand the activity that we're using to translate that skill to the student. So um, it's it does require for us to be a little bit more uh, flexible and fluent with these SEL competencies. So that when we do the thing that we're already doing, we can, as Kim said, squeeze the SEL out of it, like, you know, zzz, like a juicer. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze the SEL out of you. <laughs> Don't say it like that. I heard it when I said it. And, I'm, and we just found I, next year's theme. 
That's next year. Squeeze the SEL out of each other. <laughs> SEL day 2022. I got there you. There we go. There we go. Um, may I have the talking stick, Laura? It's I want to pick your brain. I want to pick your brain, David, for just a second. Sure. Uh, and your wife, you said, has been in this 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that she has seen, if you've been in it that long, you have seen an increase in um, the breakdown, mm -hmm. a lot of mental health issues that we did not see 10 years ago. It's just like it is exploding faster than we can keep up. Yeah. And it's, I'm getting calls from parents weekly. They don't understand. We didn't have this. I don't know what's wrong with my child. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I want to assure them this is more commonplace than you think. But why has, in your mind, why has the mental health, or, or is it because we didn't have those SEL skills, those coping skills when these students were younger? Why, why are we seeing this influx of, you know, suicide threats and cutting and mental health breakdowns? Any thoughts? It's a good question. And I don't want to speak beyond my expertise, but I can yeah. say that, um, that right now we are focused on one aspect of education in most of our schools. What do students know? Um, we're less invested uh, with who our students are and, and then what our students do with that knowledge, right? Um, I think what we are seeing now is that students are only evaluated on their ability to pass like tests. Are yeah. we talking about yeah. passing a, a, a life of tests rather than the test of life? But if we were invested in our kids in a deeper way, and again, you know, I've been 18 years in the military and we've not done it great across the board, but maybe seven, eight years in the military, there became this, there was this training called master resilience training. And they were training us on how to identify our emotions. They were training soldiers, all soldiers. It was, it's, it's a uh, army wide concept on optimistic thinking and call it hunt the good stuff. Right. Um, and so what I think the challenge has been is that schools have divested themselves around what kind of person is graduating and they've only concerned themselves on what kind of mind is graduating. And because of that, um, kids have taken the idea that the only thing that matters is their grades. Um, the only way of being worthy is doing well on a test. As a matter of fact, um, when I speak to kids in the urban assembly and in different places in New York and across the country, uh, we have our teachers give students their feedback on their social emotional development and our students would say things like this is the first time I felt like a teacher has cared about me more than my grade I'm more than just a number right I'm also a person and so I really think that some of the mental health challenges that our young people are facing stems from the stress of only being one thing only being valued in one way um and I know that's not true right we know that <laughs> outside of a school context we're actually valued in a whole lot of different ways there's a lot of different ways to demonstrate that you're good at something um and and it's hard to convince young people i think of today that that is true um and so i, I do believe that 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 social stress that social isolation that you are only a number and that number defines you uh it creates a really difficult place and i'll just say one last thing about this i've seen young people you know, B pluses and Bs really 
struggle to to deal with failure, to deal with making a mistake, to deal with the things that we all deal with in life. Um, and it's just, it, it, it bothers me that I think a young person can come through our school systems and say that the only thing that matters is uh, my grades. The only thing that I'm evaluated is, is, is a number. Um, nobody sees me. They only see what I do on a test. And if we can get a little bit more away from that into a more realistic, really, understanding of um, who a child is, then I do think um, we'll see less less of the mental health challenges that have defined the last couple of years. That makes great sense. It, it does. It makes wonderful sense. Uh, and I... I totally agree with that. So I appreciate that because uh, we hear from a lot of counselors and we just, they, I think we often feel like it's, it's the gap is, is, you know, getting wider and we're having trouble trying to keep up with this. But I, I do, I'm excited about what SEL and teaching coping skills starting mm -hmm. at an early age can do. Uh, for this next set of students coming up, especially, you know, that it's, it's getting going at a good footing. I think we're going to see a difference and I'm excited I about that. So. I appreciate David. I appreciate the work that you're doing and, and thank you again for being on anything that we did not ask you or didn't touch on that are that you would like to share with us. No, I mean, if your viewers want to visit some of the work that the Urban Assembly can do for them, they can visit urbanassembly.org. Um, think about how you are organizing your own school or district around the principles of social, emotional, academic development. If you want to get involved in SEL Day, please visit selday.org um, and bring SEL Day to life in your own community, your own stakeholders, or even your own kids. Um, and I've just been really had a great pleasure to be with you guys today. I, I love school counseling and what you guys do. Um, obviously I've been married to a counselor for 12 years. So, uh, uh, I appreciate who you are and what you bring to the education space. Thank, Thank you. you. So much. We appreciate it, David. I do want to go back to SEL day for just a second. You said mm -hmm. go to selday.org. Yes. You register like kind of pledge that you're going to do something for SEL yes. day. Yes. And then do you tell at that point what you're planning on doing? Yeah, so there's a badge system. You can sign up and you can say, you know, I'm going to organize a school activity around SEL Day. And you'll get a little badge and it'll be like, you organize a school activity. And you can put that on uh, your social media. You go on a leaderboard. Of course, I think I'm number three right now for the most SEL Day activities. There are people who are beating me, so I got to get get back on the on the grind. Um, oh, it's on. It's on. Right now, I'm organizing. As y'all were talking, I was organizing a community event. It's on. Well, let's see it. So we, we got to see what that looks like on SELday.org. And then Kim, we'll see what you do across the social media uh, landscape. So um, that's the point, right? The point is to be recognized for what you guys are bringing to bear um, in order to develop the kinds of SEL competencies that help us building to build bonds and reimagine our community. And then use the hashtag SELday. Let's get up to 10 million views. You got it. All right. You got it. Use the hashtag SELday. Uh, talk about it with your kids, talk about it with your principals, go to your town mayor, ask them to do a proclamation. Uh, you can write a blog about SEL Day. You can show up on a podcast like this wonderful podcast here and talk about SEL Day. The power is in your hands, folks. So make, make use of it and help promote SEL Day for our young people. 
Uh-huh. Uh, David, we have some unfinished business. We There was a running competition of who asked the better questions, who was the overall better host, and I'd like for you to give the results right now. Well, you all asked very good questions, uh, insightful, uh, knowledgeable, and I could tell you guys have done your homework around SEL Day. Um, and the final tally is three to three. You both oh! <laughs> And you were able to come together and ask wonderful questions and promote some of the work of SEL for your school counselors. So thank you for the quality of your questions and congratulations. For, thank you. Uh, I just, I hate that you're now out two prize packages where it was just going to be one. <laughs> This is why we have these packages, right? For those who deserve it. So I'm excited to make sure. I don't want to put any bad blood for you guys. So I wanted to make sure I evaluate every question on equal basis. Thank you. This has just been so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good, David. Wow. There were so many times during that that I... Really, I mean it. Whenever I said my brain was not processing, he was giving us so many, like, nuggets. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was it was uh, as if he speaks the way I want to speak. My brain sounds that intelligent, and then when it comes out, it's never that intelligent. But everything that he came, I was trying to. It's like quote after quote after quote that I could share with staff and other educators because. He's just so I'm so excited to to get to know him, and I hope that we we can do things with him in the future. But uh, well, and unfortunately, as you know, because I showed it to you guys before we started recording, but I was riding with this washable Crayola marker, the jumbo, and that, and that looked so intelligent. It looked, and so I ran out of room on my notes because yeah, okay. But I ran out of room and it's all over my hands because I was writing so quickly that it was scraping across the ink and <laughs> not finished drying. It's just the I whole thing was embarrassing. It's the pens for you. I'm going to, we're going to get you some pens. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think the biggest takeaway for me was what he said, which we kind of had veered off. And, you know, what he was talking about is seeing students as a person first Mm -hmm. and um, instead of just that test score. And I think educators would applaud that across the nation that, um, you know, that to, I don't know, as we have talked about, sometimes we are so behind in what kids are ahead of us on. And in this instance, I think he was right that so many students feel the pressure to show successful when we know they're successful in other areas, but are we recognizing who they are and what they're successful in to make, you know, well, it goes back to just that quote. um, And we said it when we spoke for ASCA last summer in our 21st century Renaissance presentation, we talked, okay. I, I said that every child is gifted. mm, And we just have to figure out how, and so I said that along with um, Albert Einstein. He and I together collaborated and said okay. that. Okay, and I want to I want you to know you need some SEL skills training <laughs> yourself. Um, but there was just that, that is that was one that I would want to listen to and listen to again to get out uh, everything that is important that he said that I I just you know that was a biggie for me. What I was just like. 
to thank you because you were the one that brought this to my attention and which led to the discovery of him. So I would like to give you credit for that. Well, if you're trying to make up for the Albert Einstein remark, that does it. Like being this false humility right now is not going to get it, but I will take your thing. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, David's career with bated breath. He's got a lot of good things going on, it looks like. So, Kim, um, do you have a story? You know, the story that you shared it, when our counselor accents uh, social media, I think I want to rehear that story. I think if you're not, if you didn't see that, that story is so neat. Share that story with us. And it kind of goes along with. It does. And um, just like you referenced, we shared this in our Counselor Accents Facebook group. And if you're not a part of that group, we would love to have you in there. Um, so there is a little boy named uh, Jaden Hayes. And this story was on, I think, the CBS Evening News. So you can Google it. It's a Google away and you can watch it or you can join our Facebook group. But he's a little boy. He's six years old. And when he was four, his dad died. Um, and then recently his mom uh, unexpectedly passed away in her sleep. And so he now lives with his aunt. But he has epitomized what you and I talk about giving a purpose to your pain. He has now taken, he's made it his mission. He goes out into his town, the closest town, and he sits there and just watches. He watches people to see who's smiling, who may be looking like they're having a bad day. And then he gives them, he has a stash of toys just like this, just, you know, things that you get in a happy meal. And he will run up to that person and say, here you go. And just try to bring a smile to that person. And I just think that's such a great story to go along with SEL Day for a lot of reasons, because what self-awareness this little guy has and awareness of his surroundings and just empathy, watching what others may be going through and then trying to do something to change that. I also was thinking, man, whenever I was hearing David talk about ideas for SEL Day, I thought, what a great community, like, you know, builder to um, have your students uh, collect things like this because, like you said, Kim, what do parents do with Happy Meal toys? I will speak for myself. Many times I throw them away. But instead, we could maybe find uh, how to get in touch with Jaden and send him a bunch of toys like this. So I'd say it's probably just a Google away. And there's so many ideas like that. You yeah. Know, just creative and we've talked about project learning and how important experiences are for students and um anything in that realm it's it's a it's a spurt of growth for the brain when you're doing something like that for others and um so you know think just look around at, at your community and what's going on that idea or, or many others of, of joining people that are already at work and uh, maybe joining there or starting something new. So we encourage you to get involved uh, with and do something special for SEL Day. And we yeah. want to know what you're doing. We do. So make sure you use that hashtag SEL Day, hashtag SEL Day. Go ahead and use hashtag Counselor Accents too so it'll get our attention 
You can even do the at counselor accents and tag us in it so that we know what you're doing and we know that you heard David here on our podcast. And this is one of those episodes, occasionally we have an episode that we feel like all educators need to hear. I believe this is one of them. So share this, like Kim said, I think that just playing this for your whole staff would be a great idea because there were so many things he said that everybody needs to hear. He was so good. He was. But you can join our Facebook group at Counselor Accents, um, like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. This was that little prom, Tim Tebow prom. Aw. Yes. That cute. But he yes. went to Fairview prom. He was prom. Have you ever saw his prom pictures at Fairview High School? He was prom. Oh. He had two of the hottest hotties that asked him out. They had the, all the students at Fairview come out and make a parade line, and the police drove these girls out. And they got out of the car and they asked him to go to the prom. How? <laughs> How could he not be prom queen? That was huge. Yeah. Prom king. I was queen. Mm. Your turn. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Valedictorian. I think Valedictorian. I was second runner up in Miss High on the Hog one time. <laughs> Why were we not recording? We were. <laughs> oh! <laughs>